welcome to the Dellingport with me, James Dellingport. And I know I always say I'm excited about this week's special guest, but I really, really am actually. I I, I think that um, this today's guest is, and he's, he's gonna he's gonna balk at this, but I think he's one of the cleverest cleverest people I have had on the podcast. I think I think up there with with Roger Scruton, although completely different. Oh. <laughs> so, He's laughing already in a sort of de- self-deprecating way. I mean, look, I haven't been able to get um, Thomas Sowell, who's my who's my dream pick for the show. And um, Morgoth is nothing like Thomas Sowell, but um, I think I, I think you're amazing, Morgoth. I really do. I've I've admired you ever since. Somebody introduced me to your podcast that you did once about the uh, the newborn chick theory. You can. Yeah. You can you can explain yeah. that to me a bit later on, but but okay. So Morgoth, for those who don't know, is is his pseudonym. We don't know what his real name is, and long may that remain so, because horrible people would love to shut him down. Uh, I think it's it's safe to say that you are a Northumbrian, Morgoth. Yeah, I'm from the northeast. Yeah, from yeah. the northeast, and I, I that's one of the things I love about you that that you. You you sometimes do your sort of well. Your show is called Morgoth's Review. Where can people find it? Um, well, I'm on YouTube and um, Odyssey. Also on Odyssey, I do. Um, and I I used to have a blog where there's it's still out there as well. Um, that's how I, that's how I got going. I mean, funny enough, James, it's um, it's kind of like because it goes back to the Daily Telegraph when you used to write above the line and I used to kind of troll the lefties in the comments section. And what what I would do, um, there was this kind of golden 18 months in about 2012-ish. Mm. And um, you could get away with blue murder in the comments section. But eventually the balance came in and I had like a kind of Tolkien sort of... Sort of uh, you know, like trend, um, and Morgoth just happened to be the one that I was using when when I decided because then it was like, well, if you don't like being banned, just bugger off and open your own blog. So I actually did that, and it became quite popular. And I just called it Morgoth's Review, and it kind of I kind of then moved on to um, YouTube videos because if you go back and look at the early ones, it was really easy because it, I was working a lot. I was working like 12 hour shifts and then having to do the blogging and writing. And it was quite difficult. And I realized that you could just speak into a camera and just like sort of shout it instead. And, and, and that's kind of the direction I took. Um, so that, that's a little bit how I emerged. So I'm on um, YouTube and uh, Odyssey and BitChute, but on Odyssey, I'm doing my own, uh, I call it the Morgcast where I'm, I've been doing dives and sort of more re- laid back and longer format, like what this is. Yes. Well, I, I, I like your, your brief takes and I like your long form stuff. I think you're a man of, a man of many parts. Tell me, well, I, I'm not obviously as up with Tolkien as I ought to be. Who, which character is Morgoth? Morgoth is, he's in the Silmarillion and he was the original um, sort of Satan in Tolkien's world. And this is what gets me into so much trouble because if you are on, like, this is why it's so cringe and I wish I could go back and just do it all over again. Yeah. Um, I mean, when, when the digital IDs come in, I may have to do a complete sort of rebrand. 
But um, until then, the problem is if you're on our side of things and you're looking at the world turning into this kind of hellscape, like he is the original kind of Satan. He, he is kind of like the Bill Gates or something like that. He, oh. he is, he's the main Sauron in Lord of the Rings was his apprentice. Uh, huh? And and it's it's the original kind of bad guy of Middle Earth. So Morgoth is even worse than than Sauron. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's, even, <laughs> he, 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 he's as bad as it gets. That is. So you are you are really really evil. Actually, I, given that we're just just now that we mentioned Tolkien, how much do you reckon Tol Tolkien? prefigured and understood where we are now do you think i mean there are there are many signs aren't there in in literature in film in all sorts of areas yeah. which 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 act as kind of signposts to to the horrors that we're we're entering now so where was yeah, talking on, on all of this well i, re I remember um because I read the the Lord of the Rings like most like about twenty three years ago now. Well, it was on a Christmas uh, when I was laying around with a hangover, and I kind of read the just nonstop. I just sat and binged it, and and I remember when I was looking up about people's different takes on it, they would say say what what does the ring mean? Is the ring um, nuclear power, or is it like is it like a SWAT sticker, um, or, or is it this or that? And it, Tolkien always said, well, it is. I like I, the, it is what it is in the book. Like there's no special hidden meaning, and what it is in the book is corruption. And so what you find is that um, when we look at our world today, it is corruption, and this is what we'll probably jump into. But it is all about corruption of and Tolkien's world, the natural and the good and the beautiful. So there's a lot. There's a very strong Catholic element uh, in there as well. And so when we look at the world today, and you can just see corruption. Like it's wall to wall. It's it's almost impossible to get away from it. Whether it's the transgender uh, issue, whether it's the sort of forced multicultural, the kind of this creation of a, a global economicus, just the man of an economic unit, which is pretty much what the orcs are. You know, it's just reducing people down to this mode of production. Um, and, and then and then just at a higher level, when you see now that this transhumanism stuff coming in, it's the very form of nature itself will be completely bastardized. So in, in that framing, Tolkien had it absolutely spot on. And, you know, there, there's there's a lot in it there, um, a lot in it for people on on the good side like us. Yes, it's odd, isn't it, that two, that, that, that two of the greatest thinkers on this subject and also the greatest creators of popular literature with these big themes were mates at Oxford. The, the other one being, of course, C.S. Lewis. And you, you, one thinks of Dons as being slightly remote figures in their ivory towers, that they don't really have much contact with the real world or understanding thereof. And yet there's a wisdom in both those writers, which is, which is extraordinary. Yeah, you, I think after, because there was a World War One influence as well, and then, so for Tolkien, that I think that's, it, people love to dissect Tolkien, but I think these days they have a tendency to overlook World War One as a factor, because what you what you saw, I think what for, for European man in World War One, it was really the first time that he'd kind of fed himself into his own machine. 
where instead of the old kind of um, more honourable way of warfare, which was like gentlemen's agreements, instead for the first time you had that kind of mechanised mass death where it really it's really difficult to see any honour in um, an aeroplane dropping mustard gas on people in a trench and this kind of thing. And, and what, what you see after World War um, One is a lot of, of kind of reactionary thinkers on the right coming out across Europe, people like Spengler and Guinan, and then you've also got people like um, Tolkien as well, and T.S. Eliot. And, and is, there's this kind of sort kind of as if they're saying like wait a minute stop and let's just think about what's just happened and like the major sort of civilizational implications like what road are we going down here and um where we see where we are now that they weren't listened to so you can go back and you can look at their critiques from 100 years ago and they, there's clear warning signs especially about technology Yes, well, yes, of course. We're talking about about technology, we, we we also think of 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 Brave New World, which yeah. it, it turns out that Aldous Huxley had a more accurate vision of the dystopia we were heading towards than George Orwell, whom I also admire greatly. But it, we are, I kind of heading towards Brave New World, I think, rather than nineteen eighty four, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, definitely would. Well, you know, it, it may take a little bit of 1984 to get everybody vaccinated. There's a, there, you know, but yeah. then the, the overall, they may, they may step out of line. Um, there's, there's certain issues which they have got to do with, with what they have to face with in what's supposedly, like laughably, a liberal democracy. And they, they'll step into 1984 for a nip and a tuck. And then afterwards, they'll step back into the brave new world and pretend that it was of everybody's free will when it clearly wasn't. But I mean, um, there's wider problems with that in the first place. But it, what I did, a, I did a, like a deep dive on the YouTube channel about H.G. Wells, who was a Fabian, Fabian um, in the Fabian Society, and he he literally wrote the book called New World Order. And um, I, I did like an hour long read through the final chapter where he he really digs into it and he says, "Well, yeah, it is just literally a one world government. It's a technocracy." And he, he, he spells it out that um, millions of men and women will die fighting against the new world order. Um, and, and it was instrumental in the, the, the formation of the United Na Nations Human Rights um, Charter after World War II. So the, there's clearly people around with be like a sort of an agenda. There's various different religious groups doing it. But uh, you, know, you, you can see just the contrast with H.G. Wells and, and Brave New World, because in H.G. Um, in, uh, Wells' book, he actually kind of calls out the Brave New World. He says it's this dumb fantasy pamphlet for paranoid plebs. <laughs> Something like this. So it, it's just he's aware of it. He's aware of the like the, the criticism of what he's proposing. Right, right. And I, the, the the other other one in kind of H. E. Wells's Fabian camp was the appalling creature that is was thankfully George Bernard Shaw. I mean, right. have you seen that clip? I I saw it recently of of George Bernard Shaw telling an interview without without a shred of embarrassment that he thought that there ought to be a board um, where every five years people were 
interviewed and you go out for your interview and you and, and you're questioned on what you've contributed to society and if you haven't made a net contribution then you should then the the, the kind of the, the death panel should decide to execute you that's what that's what he was arguing for and there was no no sense that what he was arguing for was weird so this mentality has been with us for for generations yeah, I mean, I would be interested in how they defined that because, like, what what did he contribute? He uh, some great works of uh, literature. There's no doubt about that. But the, what, the problem is, what if the the sort of the frame for for recognizing things doesn't include that? What if it's just about like production? Yeah, tractor production. He he. <laughs> If it like what have you, if if he was called up before the panel and yeah. they said what have you act what have you done oh well I wrote for whom the bell tools or whatever and I'd say well no well, like how many how many carts of coal have you pulled how have you increased production and the yeah you're, sorry you're getting dragged off to the pit as well then do you do you think sorry the the, the problem with you is that uh, and it's a good thing by the way that I feel I can digress in any direction and you'll have something to say do do you actually rate George Bernard Shaw was a writer. I mean, I, he's never rocked my bed. I loved, uh, and we'll move on to this in a minute, your latest, latest long form thing about where you describe how we're living in a giant video game. This is this is this is essentially the the technocrats see us as, as kind of characters in a video game, don't they? Before I do that, though, you you mentioned you mentioned Telegraph blogs, which I agree was a kind of brief golden era of well i hate that that phrase free speech because it seems to have become the kind of the cause that you can talk about that gets you off having to address what really matters in the world which is the fact that we're being taken over by a kind of technocratic elite and turned into slaves but you know no one wants to talk about that because it's embarrassing so they'll talk about free speech instead anyway you must have you know if, if you used to hang about below my below my um my telegraph blog did you sort of read my stuff and think yeah uh, i quite like dellingpole's stuff and i like his attitude but there's a lot about the world he doesn't yet know and and i wonder whether he'll ever discover it because no. i i imagine you were down the rabbit hole way before i was I, I, I was a bit back then but not that much and it it tended to be the case where you'd um if somebody was more or less on your side, like yeah. you, you would kind of be okay. Like you, you did articles about like grooming gangs. And so, so then like for me below the line, it was like, well, I, I'm going to give them a pass for that because we do like, this needs to be encouraged. Like I want more of this. Yeah. Um, but then you would have like somebody like Tom Chivers, who was a bit of a cook. And, oh, yeah. then, and so it was like, no, no, you, you can't. And then you, then you kind of like tear, tear it apart and, and like kind of, no, this isn't good enough. And it was it was he that uh, said, "Why didn't you bugger off and get your own blog?" And uh, I did. Yeah, th there is. A, I think there is definitely a tendency on people for, among people on our side of the argument to to engage in this kind of purity spiral, whereby you know if you don't know that about Building Seven, and if you don't know that that JFK was was assassinated by a team of eight men, and and that you know george hw bush was 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 part of the operation and stuff you know if you don't know all this kind of what's known as conspiracy theory stuff then you're not really in the game and i think we need to be careful not to alienate potential <laughs> potential r recruits at the same time i can see 
looking back on some of my my old columns and my old writings it must be very annoying for people who are down the rabbit hole reading this guy he's obviously intelligent he's obviously got a good good style but essentially writing what i what i would now call normie stuff i mean the normie vision of the world um it, it journalists who 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 write about the normie version of the world are in some ways perpetuating it and endorsing it aren't they they're, they're actually part of the problem whether unwittingly or no yeah i mean the, the problem if you take for example the 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 grooming gangs issue and you go yeah. back to like uh, 2012 there's also a, like that that time the right who was critical of the they would actually come out and speak about those issues and so you, you're kind of like um you're, you're happy because you're pissed off with what's happening in the country it's, it's absolutely wrong it's disgusting but then what happens is you find that well these these writers are, are kind of connected to these ngos and these think tanks in um, America, and they have then got a vested interest in Israel. So they're kind of like, and it ends up where what should be just a natural organic movement of British patriotism suddenly becomes like all obsessive about Israel. And, the, and it's like in part of this wider war against like Islam. And you think, well, yeah, that, so, so there's a lot of strings being pulled and a lot of people be, being manipulated by powerful interests. And and that that was a, a, a sort of red pill to me as well, to see that going on. Um, and it annoyed a lot of people and, and it caused a lot of trouble. It, not so much now, I think, but it, but it is an issue. And you think, well, I don't really want to kind of get in. I don't want to be like a sort of pawn for the neoconservatives and their campaigns of uh, waging war in the Middle East. I just want this, like these horrors in my own country to stop. Yes. So, but then it's like, well, you know, they, they are part of us and they are part of this wider Western struggle against like Islamo-fascists or something. And, and so you get drawn into somebody else's narrative. And it was that that I began to get really sceptical about and kind of, I kind of started analysing these different ways of manipulation. And um, in a way, that was why I called it Morgoth's Review, because, you know, I did like uh, analysing Guardian articles as well and, and all of this kind of thing. That's that's very good. It's something I've noticed that uh, I, I've tried to develop in, in some of my articles that in order to expose the enemy, you need to show their workings. You need to show their techniques. Um, and you're very good at that. Um, in fact, this is the perfect opportunity for you to talk about the chicken, the uh, the newly hatched chick thing. You're, you're quite good at observing how the left operate. Well, I call them the left, although left and right are meaningless. You know, I've, I've found in the last 18 months that there, I, I probably have as many Corbynistas on my side as I do self-declared conservatives and equally i i no longer think that 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 being pro-brexit is is de facto proof that you're a sensible person and that you're because loads of loads of brexiteers have completely wet the bed on the subject of of of, of, of covid but yeah you're very good at analyzing the the techniques of let's just call them the bad guys um so tell us about the the the, the, the hatchling hatchling, the hatchling. I did, I did like a little series and I set the rules for myself where I didn't script it. I just had to use a couple of bullet points and the video would be like six or seven minutes long and then that would be it. 
Um, and, and the one that everybody keeps talking about was the what I call. I re, it's really strange. It's like a it's like a seven minute video, and everybody brings it up all the time. But what the hatchling is is a certain kind of leftist, um, and they 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 were. If you think of like a, a little chick that's just came out of an egg, they have no like sort of prior knowledge about the world whatsoever. So you have to explain absolutely everything to them. And so this puts you in a, a situation where you're just kind of rattling away and away and away on, on all of these things that you'd think were just common sense, but, but the, the, the hatchling will just feign ignorance. So then you have to keep explaining and then they'll eventually just start and knock you back and say, well, I don't really believe that. Why is this? Why is this a thing? Why is why is it a bad thing if you become a minority? Or why, why is it a bad thing that these vaccines have never been tried and we don't know why should that be an issue for you? Why do you see this as a problem? And so it, it's, it's this um, sort of tactical nihilism, this tactical ignorance, and it's deeply dishonest. But I wanted to make the video so that people can kind of call it out and people can be aware of, of what, they're, what they're actually seeing. Because it is, it, it is dishonest. And, and a lot of the thinking is dishonest. I mean, uh, the, 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 the kind of, the, the way I would, I, I just call them shit libs now. Like, there's this, there's this like emerging thing on, you've got like left-wing commentators like Jimmy Dore, who are kind of anti-establishment and in their own way. And, and it, there's this emerging thing to call them, just call them shit libs. That's all they are. They're just these pathetic, compliant slaves who, who are, I mean, this is something we could, we could get into about just how skillful the, the, the system's been at manipulating this, this rancid middle chunk of Western civilization. And they are it. I, I'd prefer to have some Corbyn howl at the moon communist than the, 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 the just the, the kind of bland vanilla shit lib, which just carries the entire weight of, of the system on his back and just parrots every slogan. I mean, at, at least like Corbyn pissed off the, you know, the, the, the people in the banks and all of this kind of thing. Mm. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, absolutely. In fact, in, in, in some ways, your hatchling theory also applies to a debate that I, or, or rather a debate that I, I don't actually have. Uh, on on my London calling podcast with Toby, um, and every now and again, Tobes will will try and call me out on my my crazy my crazy wacky conspiracy theories about the Great Reset and the New World Order and why are they doing this? And it's this thing about the motivation. You know, if it is if the vaccine is is a a kill shot or if it's a if it's a sterilizing device or if it's if it's that what what possibly would would the motivation be of the of of, of the you know the people responsible for this why would they do this and if you if you take that bait what it does is it puts you in the position of of trying to explain everything from from the hatchling the hatchling stage so you'd have to sort of start talking about things like the creation of the federal reserve and 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 how america is actually essentially a kind of a gangster state um run by this this uber elite and you'd have to talk about you'd have to talk about all the all the hard won knowledge that 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 many of us have spent months reading down all all sorts of obscure websites and which taken a, a time to absorb and if you if if i were to 
to splurge this out all at once. Tobes would just be able to point at me and say, yeah, well, this is just crazy. I mean, you're just a kind of, you know, yeah. you're wearing a tinfoil hat. Um, the, are there any other, other um, sort of tropes, techniques of the shit libs that you've noticed? And what, what were the other, the other episodes that I didn't listen to other than the hatchling? I only did three. I did another one um, called The Abomination, um, which is a particular kind, you'll find this kind in, in Antifa, where it's, it's like the most repulsive, disgusting piece of, like you'll see these pictures of Antifa and they just look, they just look like abominations. And they are an offense to everything which is good and truthful and beautiful in the world. And the, the thing is, they know they are. They know they are offensive to you. They know that you. They know they look disgusting. They know they are degenerates and perverts and weirdos, and they like it that it offends. Yeah, they are orcs, and it's it's like they. You know, there used to be a thing where not that long ago either, but it was a general consensus across the West that censorship is a bad thing, and and there's a certain kind of conservative. Uh, I think. Who, who, whose like sensibilities are kind of he, he's offended by the idea of censorship. He may like he genuinely does believe in free speech, you know, and and the the, the abomination will like revel in the fact that he's offended that they are playing outside of his kind of framework, outside of his moral universe, and they look back into it with his, as they would say, like his his petty bourgeois sensibilities about free speech or whatever, and they laugh and they gloat about it. Yeah, yeah, we are, we're still just going to get you deplatformed. And you can you can tell them as well, like, this is the, the strange thing now, you, I remember when I first started to realise that all of the power structure agrees with the left on everything, yet they pretend that they are like revolutionaries. Yeah. And it was clear, it came to me like in a, in a blog post that I did called The Tragic Life Cycle of Hillary Clinton, um, where, where I kind of traced the, the, the story, the life story of Hillary Clinton from sort of the, the, the hippie. She was actually bit of a lookout when she was like like in the 60s mm -hmm. and and you treat you know it's sitting there smoking a spliff under the stars oh we are the world american pie and all of this and, and then she's kind of slowly but surely just gets absorbed but when you look at her her talking points every step of the way she was kind of reinforcing the main kind of poison of america um, and, and so eventually they, they end up completely just as a sort of adjunct of the system. And the abomination will, will like, you can put it to them. I thought it would be a kill shot. Oh, the, 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 the system agrees with you on everything. You're, you're no kind of rebel. What are you doing? And they, they just, like, shrug their shoulders. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, so no. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, right. You know, you'll see them on Twitter. It's like now you've got the CIA and everybody, all the rainbow flags everywhere. And and I think it must have dawned on them, like at a certain point that, well, um, yeah, actually we've been duped here. Like they aren't working for us. We are working for them. But so what? I like the power and the social capital this gives me. So that's good enough for me. But I'll right. just I'll just continue on the lie for the sake of it, right? So that's the exultant orkishness. Uh, uh, okay, and and what was the other one? 
Um, I did one more, but I can't remember. These no. are old videos. That yeah, I sorry. No, it, it, it's unfair to, to... I was I was, I was going to do another one about the, the rational man who will never believe... Uh, this may be... Maybe I could whittle it off sometime. But the rational man was another one I was going to do. Um, and it was where, like, he just won't believe anything unless it's peer-reviewed. He'll oh, have yes. no sense about the world. <laughs> he, he has, and of course, as we know now, like all of these institutions have been captured by global capital and special interests, but he'll just flatly, and so they, it's like, it's null and void, but, but he'll just, he'll just not have common sense. You've got a, he, he is the guy, if you've seen the midwit meme, have you ever seen that where you've got like the kind of the, the, the kind of working class grug, and then you've got the IQ in the middle and he's kind of just going the party lane. And then you've got the IQ of 140 and he agrees with the working class kind of normal, you know, uh, more grug type. And yeah. it's the, again, it's the rancid middle. And you see this, and that's them, that's them in the middle. Like, yeah. and, and it'll be like, the, the, you know, the, 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 work, the North FC kind of thing on the left. So IQ of 90, and he's like, I just don't trust it. It doesn't feel right. Yeah. And then in the one in the middle is like, have you got any stats to back up that? Have, have you got statistics to back up that feeling? Yeah. And then you've got the, the kind of Carl Jung Nietzschean comes in, says he doesn't need the statistics. Trust your instincts. Trust your intuition. That's, it's been a million years evolving. It's fine. Yeah, I, I totally agree with... with all, can, actually, can I ask you? Do, uh, you sound like somebody who hasn't been ruined by university, but that could just be a, a theory. Did, did you actually... No, uh, no, I didn't do any higher. No, I, I left... I left. Um, I, I went and plost. I, I went uh, and did uh, construction. And then, um, and, and then I uh, ended up in like, factories and stuff like that. And then I went to Europe for a long time. Um, backpacking around and I stayed and worked there and traveled around for a long time and then uh, I came back to settle down about 10 years or so ago. Right yeah because I, I mean I don't I, I don't want to sound patronizing because because you know I've, I've had the the elite education you know I, I've, I've, I've I've had almost a cabal level education and and almost everyone who's had my education I utterly despise now and I feel total kinship with you um it, it's odd isn't it that, that this is the way that people who've been to university I own oh no, obviously there are exceptions but they seem to have all the intelligence if they had any educated out of them yeah yeah, I mean, I, I've never been. I mean, everybody, it's what, something that people always bring up, but I can't really speak to it because I just never went anywhere near university. Uh, I didn't, it just didn't. I, I wanted to just wander around. I, was, I did, like, I'm, I'm a typical Gen Xer in a way, where it was, I just wanted to kind of mope around and wander free under the stars with a rucksack and um, be cynical and, and uh, ironic about everything. Um, with, with, like, that, that's like, you know, the whole Gen X thing. It, it, it is a thing, like it, it, that cycles, it, it is a thing. Uh, I, 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 I was typical of Gen X in that way. Right, um, but, but you, you see the thing is about, if you haven't been to university, you, and you, so you haven't been spending your life kind of getting completely caned on drugs and trying to, you know, I don't know, become a president of the Oxford Union or whatever, whatever. Uh, you've probably had a, a lot more time to read books. I mean, you've, you've probably actually, I don't want to put you on the spot here, but you've probably read things like Spengler, which I, I certainly haven't, or you're, you're fairly familiar with what he says. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah, good. Don't get me started on Spang. Oh, oh, really? Oh, have, have I it, picked your it, Go on. That I only I only read, I read Spengler only in the last couple of years, but really I, I kind of studied it, uh, which is the fall and decline of the West because we're living it, and he was right. Um, and but you know my regular kind of I get the feeling like my regular audience if, if I'm on a stream or something, and it's like oh no he's going off on Spengler again, but, okay. it, but, it, but it is so important that he was right about everything. Um, the, the the Faustian spirit and all of this, it it, it really is mind bending. So so yeah, that 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 came from um, I picked it up. There's a philosophy channel called John David Ebert, but on on like some of it. So in say decline of the West, he he will um, in the first uh, volume he'll talk about sort of the metaphysics of um, Beethoven and how Beethoven and a romantic painting are essentially the same world feeling. It doesn't matter that one's classic music and the other's a romantic painting. It matters the form. I I would love um, your TLDR for because because actually a friend of mine, um, Jonathan Mars Lee, showed me his copy of of Decline of the West, and I thought oh, I'm not sure any more than you know I'm not going to read Carol Quigley's Tragedy and Hope because frankly that is a book much better summarize with with another tldr um which which for the people who don't know this phrase means too long didn't read um that that you know i can't i just need somebody to tell me what 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 the key the key point in in carol quigley was and i've been told that so it's fine i don't need to read it but just just give us a you know potted version of decline of the west and and the, um. the juicy bits well, the, the basic, the, it's very, it is very German, but the, the basic idea of it is that each civilization goes through a cycle um, and there's been nine of them, um, nine other civilizations. And our Western civilization is um, what he calls Faustian. And each civilization has its own sort of primary symbol. Mm. So our, the Faustian, and it relates to the Goethe um, poem and the Marlowe poem, uh, the, the, on, on Dr. Faustus. Yeah. And the idea of it is basically the, the, the Faustian man, the European Western man, will, um, his, his kind of um, symbol is infinite space. And so he will always strive off into the eternal. And so you can see this throughout our whole civilizational arc over the last 1500 years. He regarded um, classic civilization of Greeks and Rome as being a separate civilization uh, with its own metaphysics. And so where, where what happens is you, you have, uh, if you think of an infinite space, so he, Spengler points out, you can see it in the Gothic cathedral where it's internal, it's all about creating as much space as you can, and then you've got sort of screaming upwards into the heavens, into the sky, and then you can see this, all this kind of, it, the idea of music, the, the classical music, um, again and again, back and all of this, and it all, even the mathematics of it, um, you know, I could, I, I did warn, I could go on and on, but the, the, the key takeaway is that the, this kind of um, spirit, if you want to call it that, would it, it, if the civilization has a definite beginning, a middle and an end, and the, you get like a springtime and then you head into the civilizational phase, the enlightenment, 
And then you, we are now heading into the winter of Western civilization. So the spiritualism is long gone. The greatest the works of art have been and gone. And because there's only like that, that form, that spirit, it doesn't have an infinite amount of ways to express itself. It will, um, it will decay and it will grow old. And he, you know, you can skip all the way and, and kind of say, well, okay, so what, how does it correspond to what we are seeing now? And you can see that it, because, you know, it's one thing to stand on a mountain and to break through the Northwest Passage. And uh, you think of the infinite plains of America, the infinity of going over the seas. We did. We did it all. And it's lovely. And we see it in our art and everything. The problem is there's a downside to it. Faust is a tragic hero because there's no breaks on it. And so if you are then going to, especially with the technology, it just goes on and on and on. You can actually see um, something like transhumanism, you could argue, is the next step. It is sort of just disappearing into the void of digital space. So yes. it, is, it is a tragic. I mean, just to, uh, to finish the point, um, if anybody's wondering, the prime symbol of the Greeks was sort of the physical body and being amongst physical bodies, which you can see with the statues and things. The Islamic Magian world was life in, like in the cavern. So they are in the dome, which you'll see in the shape of mosques and things like this. That is, that is interesting. I, I was thinking that Elon Musk, when you see him talk about transhumanism, there's no sense, where, and indeed that chap you had, you showed an excerpt of, it, of him speaking at the the World Economic Forum. I don't know who that was, that guy in your in your video about um, about video yeah. games. Um, very scary. But it's interesting that when these people talk about turning us into, about the, the potential of sort of computers meet the human brain and about the control possibilities that this, you know, greater, he boasts about the fact that this is greater than, than the Gestapo ever, ever, ever could, could exert. And, and he's not saying it in a bad way, like, like he thinks this is a terrible thing. He's that, that, and Elon Musk is the same. They're talking about it like, this is going to be great. We're going to, we, we're moving on to the next big step of human civilization. And, People like you and me are going, uh, hang on a second. I quite like nature. I quite like my God-given body uh, without electrodes in it, without implants and without, you know, etc. But these people, these sort of megalomaniac uh, technocrats, they think it's great, don't they? I mean, they really are Faust. They, they want to. Yeah, yeah this, is, this, is, this is the tragic part of it. Um, and so it's, it's weird because... It took me, when, when you get into the, the, the sort of the COVID stuff and the lockdowns, I was actually caught out in the start, like a year and a half ago, because my, my view on this was that, you know, as a nationalist, we've been throwing everything we can at the globalist system for years and years. We, you know, you get things like Brexit, you get populism, you get Donald Trump. And it seems like no matter what you throw at this damn system, it, it learns and then it comes back at you and yes. shuts you down. And so when, when, when the virus first arrived, there was some of us, we were thinking, like, this is great because everything that makes the system strong is its kind of pathways. It is the mass, mass transportation of people and goods. 
So if this is now jammed up and it can't operate because there's a deadly pandemic, a deadly virus is using it to travel around and kill millions of people, then it's going to have to collapse. It's going to have, we're going to have to shut the borders and go back to a more simple nation um, oh. state where, and you, you look back now and you think, oh God, if only. You put um, so that way full. <laughs> what, what, yeah, so... There's the, it, it wasn't it wasn't the case at all. It was they've they've took it to the next level. They've they've they're going all in on it. Well, um, that was always the plan, wasn't it? We now realise. I mean, the, 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 and and the virus is not is not really a virus, is it? Or it's not it, it's it's not the deadly virus they tell us it is. It's just a kind no. of it's just a notion. It's a you know, it's it's a handy. It's a handy pretext for doing all the bad stuff they were get they they wanted they've been wanting to do for for for, for decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's it's it was all it was all it was all a plan. It was all a conspiracy. It was. It was. Do I, look? I, I must um, get you to talk about your 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 video game analysis. T tell us a bit about that. Well, yeah. So it's it's well, it's a it's a similar similar theme. Is that so when you've got all of these techno geeks, I think they've got, as you were just saying, they've got a certain kind of soulless, number-crunching, mechanistic way of looking at the world, which is just, you know, we were talking just before about something like romantic paintings. Like, they would reduce that to data and information. They, they, they don't, there's no religion, there's no spiritualism, there's nothing. No, and we're, so, we're inputs and outputs, aren't we, basically? Yes. And that's how they think. And, and they're, they're proud of it as well. They're proud of reducing the world to data, this yeah. soup of data. And um, so when you look at what they have already been doing, if you look at, say, how something like Twitter, social media works, it is, it is like social approval. It does have that little, give you a little dopamine hit, which comes with uh, the like um, and social approval. But then when you go into um, video games, it's 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 a similar kind of thing. It's a similar where you are owning the characters running around and you're controlling it, and you you progress. You, there's something a challenge will face you. You've got to kill the boss. You've got to solve the puzzle. And then when you do it, you get a big dopamine hit, and you move on to the next thing. And it just jumped out at me that this is essentially what a social credit system is. They've taken the same thing, the same mentality is now like turning our world into a giant video game, which you'll star in. The funny thing is they did this years ago. They had um, Sims and, and these these games came out years ago where it was, you are like sort of living your life on the, on the in your computer and you had to like, they give give milk to the cat and things like this. Um, and, and I mean, I'm not saying that was all preparation, but, but, but you can see that that mentality then comes into the real world, like like Tron, Tron Two, like is specifically about this. The world of digital uh, data will then impose itself on the organic natural world, and they are saying, well, it doesn't even make any difference because at the end of the day, the organic matter um, that, that that we can we can we can reduce that to data as well. Don't worry. Yes, yes. We, I, I I like the bit where you were talking about um, where you unlock different you know you, 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 you achievement unlock achievements 
you've you've yeah you've you've just you've just had like your forty second booster jab and you've got your you've done. I mean, I was watching UK column before and they yeah. were going on about the um. It's it's now turning into like mix and match with the vaccines. Where well, you've you've had the you've had the kind of you've had the AstraZeneca and now you're going to get, it's okay if you want to pump some Moderna in there. Maybe it'll mix it up and make your things even better. Like, you, you know, when I was a kid, you had like um, the pick and mix at Woolworths yeah. where you'd get like, you'd get like toffee fudges and caramels and mints and stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and just, yeah, just whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Just pump it up. Just keep pumping it in there. Yeah. I, 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 it's, yeah. It's, you're right. Unlock achievements. You can now go to the pub. You can go to a restaurant, <laughs> and if you the, haven't the done that, one, yeah, the, the the big one is being able to go and lie on a beach in Spain. It's like, whoa, you've killed you've killed a major dragon at the end of the level, and now you can do this. But then when you get there, you're probably going to have to, you know, account for the the, the gas that you burned in the aeroplane. They'll take that into account for a future date. Um, and all of this kind of even even the UBI. I mean, they 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 talk about bringing this UBI in. Let's say you get like I don't know what they would call it, like maybe two hundred and fifty Klaus Klauses, as they call it that, like Schwabs, like, like Anals. <laughs> so two hundred and fifty Schwabs, yeah, and and it's got like his face on it, and you know a digital Jeez. picture of Klaus, and he'll be the on the head of the currency, and um. Like even then, they're talking about they'll give you like say two hundred Schwabs um, a week, but then if you don't spend it all, it'll get taken off you the next week. So then you you've kind you've got like a window of a week to spend your two hundred Schwabs, and and they like, go, oh, well, what do I buy? What 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 can I rent? Um, because they're going to take it away. So it keeps you in this kind of frantic mode of consumerism, or you you will lose it all. It's mm -hmm. it's like life as a video game forever. And you'll never get out of it. <laughs> and all you can do is just—I mean, a lot of people are saying how black pill they are now, and um, I can believe it. It's—it I can bloody believe it. Yes, yes. Well, I—I I wanted to run a theory by you, which I've never really discussed with anyone before. Um, but it's look, I—I've—I've I've gone from blue pills to red pilled to black pilled to to white pilled, and. I feel that I have never understood the world better than I do now. Things that things that previously made no sense to me now make total sense. And I think when you've when you've sort of explored the various tunnels and side tunnels of the rabbit hole, what you realise is is this: that all these things that one considers to be to to have been organic things that have Things that have, I mean, um, what's it called? Alan Watt was quite good on this, wasn't he, when he was alive before before he got, well, I don't know whether he was off or not. But um, <laughs> do, you, do you have any theories on that? Actually, let's, let's not get distracted. No, I, no, I, no, I um, that, that things that we've been trained to think of as, as just naturally evolving organic things um, in our culture are actually really created top down by this very very narrow um elite which despises us which always has despised us and which wants to exploit us and and and, and almost wants to um to torture us you know as as flies to wanton boys away to the gods they kill us for their sport i think that kind of sums up 
the mentality. I wonder if Shakespeare was Shakespeare knew what was going on even then. Um, that that, for example, you know, my early intimation of this was 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 the, the the global warming thing, the whole environmental scare, and I looked at this stuff and I thought, well, hang on a second. Given that there is no solid scientific evidence that the planet planet is warming in a kind of dangerous, unprecedented way, and that, uh, and that the human input is responsible, given there's no evidence of this at all, that it only exists in computer models. Um, why do so many people believe it? Uh, and, and, and what's their motivation in lying about this important issue? Why would they do this? And of course, you, you then discovered documents like the Club of Rome's limit, Limits to Growth, where they tell you why they're doing it. They, 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 they explain that they needed an excuse to, to do the things, the terrible things that they want to do that we're seeing now. So they kind of invented environmentalism modern environmentalism as their excuse they don't even if you look at their documents they don't even pretend that they're not lying to us but most people don't go that deep they just skitter around on the surface and believe the reports that they you know they watch the bbc and they they see david attenborough telling them that polar bears are endangered in a kind of whispery voice and 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 you and you, and you see baby polar bear coming out of the out of its its snowbank you know after after you know just after it's you know when, when it's ready when when the, when the spring is here and stuff uh, and people just uh, well i was thinking about about the, about this because of your what you were saying about the video games that i thought of video games in the past as just a cool new form of entertainment which we invented that that was quite fun to do but looking back i now realize it, it had another purpose as well which is to turn us all into people who are used to staring at screens for great lengths of time and actually quite enjoy being on our own and not communicating with people i mean this is all this is all what they want isn't it yeah yeah i mean whether or not it was intended or not or whether that was the flaw it it, it certainly is the case now but at, at least it used to be where you would plug it into the television and, and that, that was it. But the, you now, I mean, I, I just found out recently, the um, you know that show that everybody talks about, Black Mirror? Yes. That I didn't actually, I knew it was called Black Mirror, but I didn't actually know why. And from what I can gather, the Black Mirror is the, the, the screen on a laptop. So that this, you know, have you, I mean, if I put my laptop on and I see my reflection and it always yeah. looks like horrible, that I thought that was interesting. So that it's like the, the black mirror is like the blank screen of the laptop. That's, that's what they're getting out there. And I thought that was interesting because it is just this void that you're, you're kind of disappearing into. So it was just, just as a, like a little side note here. But what I'll say, like, which drives me nuts is the way the, the, the way that the, the arguments are contained and framed. And just, just as an example, cause I, I know that you, you are, um, you, you, I think we got in touch after my Piers Morgan video and all of the shells are, are coming out like this weekend. And I was watching um, Mike Graham, you know him? Yeah. Yeah. Talk radio. And he, he was coming out yesterday and saying that racists need to be hunted down. They need to lose their bank accounts 
Um, bearing in mind that he has himself often been called a racist. So he, they need to lose their bank accounts, they need to lose their passports, they need to be lo lose their houses, they shouldn't be able to pay rent, and then they have to get thrown out of their homes and basically just rot the death in the gutter. Hmm. And he's talking about what happened at the with the football this week. Yes. And so, now, here's the thing. Now, I, I just thought, like, this is weird because not even the left are coming out as extreme as this. So, what, what, what he could have done as a kind... And he has this thing where it's like, say it as it is, shock jock. Now, what he could have done, if he wanted to be genuinely kind of edgy, was to say it's all a bunch of overblown hype for political ends. Calm down. It's not that bad. But he couldn't do that because it would probably destroy his career. But he still has to come across as if he's kind of speaking it, saying it as it is and being straightforward, take no shit kind of guy. So what he has to do is then kind of sort of be even more extreme against the, the kind of these stupid lads sending these stupid tweets than what the left are, because then he can at least frame himself in some kind of edgy way. Uh, but, but, but what he's really doing there is just compounding the problem because they want to kick us all off the internet anyway. Yes. It, 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 isn't, it isn't like some clever play. It's, it's just doing the establishment's bidding. Yes, yes. I, 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 I mean, we, we should maybe close on this because this is rather interesting, isn't it? That, that um, I, we're, we're talking about the, the Euros and the England-Italy match. Um, and I have to say, I was I was rooting for Italy, um, not because I don't love my country or I lo love the idea of my country, but because I could see that had England won, it would have resulted in a sort of orgy of of well, I mean, you you could see when when Gareth Southgate chose those three young ethnic minority players to take the penalties, even though they had they were really young and inexperienced one of them was 19 i think had never had never taken a penalty in, in an international match before or uh, even in a, in a major match um why would you do that he he was he was going for the optics wasn't he he was going for the optics that, that, that if if the if england had won its biggest football victory since the 1966 world cup then uh you, the papers would have been all over this this see you racist this is this is the new britain this is what it looks like and and it looks looks like these 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 brave boys here look at them who scored the goals um that backfired when they missed as as probably they were bound to do because of the pressure so instead the narrative became because I, I think i think they were preparing two narratives one one the narrative if england had won and the other narrative if england lost as they did and the the narrative when england lost was uh Look at these outrageous racist racists. How racist are they? They're so racist. They're more racist than you can shake a stick at. And their criticisms of these players are entirely racially motivated. And they, they seem to reduce this from a really, really small number of tweets. Many of them seem to come from abroad. It was almost like, like, like they were created in order to generate this, this public reaction. Um, and it, it amazed me how many people... How many commentators, you know, you mentioned Mike Graham, how many sort of conservative commentators embrace this particular narrative, even though it was utterly dishonest and, and there was very little evidence to support it? 
Yeah, yeah. So you you find you you find that you're you're voiceless because everybody's everybody's just a puppet. Everybody's just they're now they're coming out and saying um, that being anonymous on the internet should be abolished completely. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you got Piers Morgan came out and said it yesterday, and these these kind of sort of Tory twats um, that they're just they, they, I don't like. It, it, it's just whatever they say is a kind of really clever way of like it's a kind of cope for for people on the right because I can imagine them thinking like yeah because you see it, implicit in in Mike uh, Graham's kind of outrage is that most of his audience will be footy fans so it's like take the side of the sort of the the, the multicultural narrative over like sort of questioning it. At every turn, they'll reinforce it. That's all they ever do, and it, it's it's horrible. It's it's like I mean, what what we're going through now is the same kind of PR exercise that we got, which was after the Manchester Arena bombing, where again they they were like, um, and this time they had it planned out. They've got contingency plans. I've done a couple of videos on this, but it's it's kind of they did ex they can expect that there'll be a, a terrorist attack. Because they have created the conditions for it to happen, um, so they they can expect that they have you know deliberately created a, a, a multicultural society which will result in somewhere or or other bombs going off. So girls will be blown to pieces at, at a concert because of choices that the establishment made against the will of the people. And so anyway, the bomb goes off, and they've got a problem because it could be that John Bull Englishman has finally had enough. And there's going to be very unpleasant things happen. So they already had that off at the pass with the Manchester Arena bombing. And you they roll out that don't look back in anger campaign. Um, and they had all kind of uh, imams. They had all these religious leaders on speed dial. So they, they were like rounded up and then we'll, we'll come out. It's all now it's a celebration of love. So you go to the football now and they've got murals up of like these three football, these black footballers. And it's got not. It's it, it's just a way of pounding and pounding into the heads of normal English people. Know your place. This is how to think. Shut your mouth. It's it's the exact same kind of PR exercise again and again and again. Yes. Um. So in it, it's in in this particular case, I, I don't. I think they would have. You know, they 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 kind of did an emergency rollout. But in some of them, they they had uh, they were in place. I'd be interested to know on the issue of the COVID because we got it full, you know, it, it really, the dragon really kind of unfurled its wings on the COVID PR, dancing TikTok nurses. So you have to, this is another thing, like surely that takes planning. Um, or was it when they got the call from, as Dominic Cummins said, the Bill Gates Foundation, and they knew what the, what the crack was, what was going on. Was it then like, okay, we're going to have to go full bore on propaganda at the PR level? Or was this kind of, you know, how, how does this all fit together? Um, is, is an interesting one. Yes, because it is. It, 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 it's the, the propaganda is the central plank in, in the agenda. Whether with, it doesn't really matter which one it is. And so we, we get this feeling, I think, that like normal people, they, they kind of feel that something's wrong. They feel that something's unnatural. And it's because it is. It's because you're, you're bombarded with messaging over and over again. I saw a, a bus recently. I don't know why it was. 
And I thought, isn't that weird? That bus looks different. And it didn't have a kind of, there'd be some new Globo homo Netflix drama. Um, normally you'll get like a big poster on the side of the bus. But in this particular case, um, there was nothing on. It was just a blank bus. And I thought, bloody hell, isn't that amazing? It's just a bus. It's, 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 just, <laughs> yes. a bus. it's just a bus that's taking people from where they want to go. And it doesn't have a political slogan on it. It's not trying to make me feel guilty. It's not trying to send me a message. Yeah. It's just a bus and it's wonderful. Yeah. It, it, it ain't natural seeing, seeing such things. I mean, yeah, you're right. When was the last time? Um, I could chat for, to you for hours. And in fact, we, we've got to do another, another podcast. Tell me, by the way, why do people, before we go, why why were people saying oh you, you, bit edgy getting Morgoth on your your podcast and why were people saying oh you wouldn't dare have Morgoth on well I, I don't get the deal what why should I be I, I, I don't know um, I don't no. know I'm just I'm just a I'm just a humble YouTuber um, yeah. yeah I know it's silly isn't it I we, we live in a we live in a silly world I mean I, I judge people on what they say and uh, and on the quality of their ideas that's the only thing that matters to me. I mean, I, 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 if people can support a case, then that's, that's fine. And you yeah. can, you can support your argument. So that's, you know, that's all I, all I require in my Dellingpole Oxford tutorial that I've just given you, I've just subjected you to, cause you, you never had it. Uh, so that was it. That was your experience of what it's been like being taught by Dr. Dellingpole. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> no thanks thanks morgoth you've uh, i uh you've you've um you've given me lots of lots of clever things to think about um and i appreciate that and um oh yes the thing i never do uh or i should do at the beginning and i always forget you know thing i, I listen to other people's podcasts and there is so much throat clearing at the end i mean i listened to this 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 podcast that somebody recommended the other day and it's like you have to wade through about 20 minutes of 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 promo of throat clearing of people just don't cut to the chase do they which is which is one of the reasons i don't do the promo myself and i should do because this is how you how you make money um so please everyone um even though i don't do the promo at the beginning please 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 um support my work on patreon and subscribe star or via um where you can buy your special friend badges and give me paypal donations um thank you very much I, I i love you all um possibly especially the ones who who, who support me financially because like you make this this possible um and thank you again morgoth you've been brilliant lovely thank you very much for having me on i've enjoyed it good good uh well we'll do it again um thanks now okay 